to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4 tonight. How's your prayer life? I hope it's getting stronger. You know, if we got great faith, our, we'll have great prayers. And seeking God to do what we know we cannot do. And uh, I, I had a memory pop up today that uh, I'll summarize it. It's a thought that the Lord convicted me of some time ago, it might have been last year, but how arrogant are we to not ask the Lord for help? Because when we do not, when we're not praying and we're not asking for God's help, then we're basically saying we can do it on our own. How arrogant can we be to think that we can do it on our own? We need God's direction, we need God's help in every matter of our life. And when we're reading through the Bible, we see time and time again where man is talking to God and different prayer needs and things that are brought up or, or at least speaking of prayer. And in Philippians chapter 4 tonight, and we're going to focus on this chapter as our prayer emphasis um, but I, want to, I just want us to begin reading in verse 15, and we'll get down to verse number 19. And before we do that, let's just go ahead and ask the Lord's help in this message tonight. So, Father, as we come together as a church body, Lord, we realize that we have children just down the hall that are quoting memory verses. They're applying the Word of God to their mind and their heart. And Lord, the, the hope is, as the psalmist wrote in Psalm 119, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And as Jesus spoke, that sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. It is, a, it is also a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Father, the word of God is important to our daily life. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that... As the children learn their Bible lessons, as they memorize Scripture, that you are doing a work in their heart now that will build their faith. Because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so we're praying tonight that maybe there's one that needs to know Jesus as their Savior, and that through your Word, the Holy Spirit would use it to convict them, and realize and that they'll realize their need, and that they'll come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. And then just behind me, Lord, the teenagers are meeting tonight. Lord, I'm sure that they're doing some games and having a good time. They'll get up and they'll sing some songs and praise to your name tonight. But I pray that you'll bless Pastor Johnny as he preaches your word. And that you'll empower him tonight to affect our teenagers. And uh, Lord, I just pray for a great night in their service. But as we come together in the auditorium tonight, and those who are, if they're able to watch via live stream this evening, I'm praying tonight that you will use your word to speak to our heart and help us in our personal faith in you. Lord, you bless a people who are turning to you with their needs and realize that what needs to be done is above and beyond 
all of us. It's out of our reach. And so we pray tonight that you would help us to pray and to seek your face and ask you, Lord, to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. We praise your holy name for this opportunity tonight. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Look with me at verse 15 tonight. Paul says, Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. So I want you to look in verse number 19. If you're in the habit of underlining your Bible, underline the second and third word of verse number 19 where Paul says, my God. Paul believed. If you read the Bible and you read the Apostle Paul's writings and you read of his testimony throughout the book of Acts, Paul believed that he served a mighty big God. Amen? We often focus on how big our problems are. Paul focused on how big his God was. Amen? So the question tonight is, how big is my God? How big is your God? Turn with me, hold your place in Philippians, and turn with me to Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8, and Paul is writing this letter here. And he talks about the bigness of his God. He says in the last two verses of the chapter, verse 38 and 39, Paul was just persuaded that nothing could separate us from the love of God. He says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to tell you something. Death is a pretty big thing but it's not too big for God. Life in itself can be overwhelming at times, but nothing that we go through in life, Donald, is, big, is bigger than our God. Neither angels, nor principalities, nor powers, no, no matter how big and powerful they are, they're not bigger than our God. The things present, things to come, height, depth, any other creature, nothing, nothing we face is bigger than our God. And the fact that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Paul was persuaded of that. Nothing he would face, nothing was bigger than his God. Turn your Bible to your left to the book of Acts, chapter number 27. Acts 27, Paul was... In the latter part of his ministry, he is really on his way to Rome, and he gets on board of a ship, and they're caught in a tempestuous wind. 
And it was very, it was a very dark and gloomy scene. They were throwing everything they could off the ship. They were fearing lest they should fall into the quickstands. They were, everybody on the ship was a nervous wreck. Even, even Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, testified in verse number 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Luke was saying all hope was gone. As far as we were concerned, life was, uh, our days are numbered. It was, it was a very difficult time. But he goes on, and read with me in verse 21. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and, and to have gained this haven and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sell with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Mark these words, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Paul's God was too big not to keep his word. Do you get that? Paul's God, if God said it, then it was so. And that was enough. That's all Paul needed to know. Paul, Paul saw the same things everyone else saw. He saw the wind. He saw the waves. He saw the turmoil. He saw the fear in everyone's eyes. But Paul said, no worries because I believe God, and what God has told me, God is going to see it to pass. Amen? So Paul believed that God's word was the truth. And then, turn your Bible to 2 Timothy, chapter number 1. In his, in his last letter, Paul speaks of a persuasion that he had of, of the Lord. 2 Timothy, chapter number 1. Let's, let's look at verse number 8. 2 Timothy 1, verse 8. He says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who hath saved us and hath called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Verse 12, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Despite Paul's sufferings, turn back to Philippians. Despite Paul's sufferings, despite everything that he had faced and his imprisonments, and realizing that his time of the, his departure was at hand, Paul said, my God is too big despite these things. He is able to keep everything that I have committed unto him. 
And that is why he could write in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 1. He says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Eodius and beseech Syntyche, and that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. That's how big, that's how big Paul's God was. Okay? Was, was, was those women dead? No. Was Clement still alive? Yes. They were still fellow laborers, and Paul testified, but their name is written in the book of life. Okay? They didn't have to wait till they died and, and hope they found themselves there in heaven with Jesus and their name in the book of life. Paul said, my God is too big to be doubting that. Are you with me? He's too big of a God to doubt your salvation. He's too big of a God to, to doubt the fears that this world brings and everything that it offers. His God is a mighty big God. How big is your God tonight? How big is my God? Is anything too big for the Lord? Or is anything too hard for the Lord? Look in verse 6 and 7 of this chapter. He says this. He says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You got a big problem? Take it to the Lord. Okay? He says, be careful for nothing. You got a little problem? Take it to the Lord. Okay? With, with, may all your, with prayers and with supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And in turn, what you get is the peace of God that passes all understanding and keeps our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So whatever it is we're facing, Paul is teaching the Philippians here. Don't, be careful for nothing. Take it to the Lord because nothing is too big for our God. Hold your place there. Turn over to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5 to your right toward the end of the Bible. 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, and Revelation. The last chapter of 1 John chapter 5, verse number 13. Probably you got this verse memorized. We're going to look at 13 through 15. But John says, he says, These things have I written unto you that ye that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know ye have eternal life. What he's saying there is, John is saying, My God is a mighty big God. Amen? My God is bigger than your doubts. He's bigger than your fears. Hey, he is bigger than your sin. All right? He's a, he's a mighty big God. And it, listen to this. He says that you may know you have eternal life. And if, if our God is so big that he is able to give us the knowledge that we know we have eternal life, then he's a mighty big God to trust in this life. Are you with me? Because he says at the end of the verse, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Jesus will give you eternal life, Darren Tucker, but Jesus will also help you get through this life. Okay? So, yeah, your eternity is taken care of. Your sins can be forgiven. You can have the assurance of your eternal salvation. But you can also have joy and peace 
and go through this life with a faith that knowing nothing is too big for your God. And so he says in verse 14, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So we can have confidence in this, that if we're praying, if we're praying, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? If we're praying for God's will to be done on earth just as God's will is in heaven, we can know, we can have confidence, Art, that God hears our prayer, all right? And he can meet whatever thing that we're going through. So we can trust Jesus in our everyday affairs, and we can trust him to answer our prayers. So let's go back to Philippians chapter 4. And very quickly, I'm going to give us three things tonight, just point out three things that Paul speaks of in this chapter. Just highlight three things. And the first is this, that Paul learned contentment as he became aware of God's providence. Okay? Look with me in verse number 11 of Philippians chapter 4. He says, well, let's look in uh, just context sake. Let's look at verse number 9. Okay? He says, These things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. Paul, Paul is testifying of this. This is what he learned, and he just told them, he says, which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. He says, do this, okay? This is what he learned, verse 11. I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I want to tell you something, Miss Sarah... She'll make a man preach. Amen? Now, now listen to me. He learned this. Whatever, whatever state he was in, be content. And that didn't mean whether you lived in Alabama or Tennessee or somewhere else. That meant whatever situation you were in, find contentment in that. Because wherever you are at, Nathan, God is also there with you. Okay? So, so a lot of times people, when they're abased... When they are brought low, people turn to God and they seek God's direction and guidance and help and life. People will do that. But a lot of times when things are going good and we're abounding, we go away from God. And suddenly we find we don't need, we, we not find, but we think we don't need God as much as we do. Paul learned that whether he was poor and needy, abased, or whether everything was going well, and, and people are getting saved, and, 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 and life is good. He says, no, it doesn't matter what I'm in. He says, God's providence is there. God is there, and God can take care of whatever situation that I am going through. So, so he says, my God is a mighty big God, and he is present in any circumstance that I am in. And then secondly, he found strength in God's power. 
Look with me in verse 13. You got this verse memorized, no doubt. He says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. You know what Paul said in Romans 1.16? He says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth. Brandon, if, God's, if the power of God can save the vilest of sinners for all eternity, then God's power can cover whatever it is he asked me to do. He can cover whatever it is he asked you to do, right? So, 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 so get that. Understand that. All right? The power of God is what we all need. And a lot of times we look at a situation and God is asking us to do something and we think, well, that's too hard. I can't do that. That's beyond me. That's above me. Well, that's because we're looking at it, Ronnie, in our own strength. And if that's the case, then, then more than likely we're right. And the last thing we want to do is go and succeed in our own strength because we did it and it wasn't of God. What we got to recognize, Steve, is this. We need the power of God in every aspect of our life. It takes the power of God to save sinners. Okay? It's not the power of man. It is the power of God that saves sinners. And the power of God is revealed in the, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the fact that Jesus died and was buried, but God's power raised him again on the third day. Right? And that is the gospel. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed of that power. I'm not ashamed of that gospel. And so he recognizes this. That if God has the power to save me from an eternity in hell, then God has the power to help me do whatever it is I'm facing today. All right? And he can do that for all of us. So keep that in mind. It's not just a memory verse that says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Okay? It is us claiming the power of God in what we are facing today. Okay? And if God has called you to it, God can help you do it, all right? So that is, that is fact. How big is my God? That is the question. Is my God big enough to help me through or to do whatever it is he is leading me to, all right? Then lastly, Paul taught God's provision is bigger than our personal sacrifice. For he says in verse 18... But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were seen from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. He speaks there of their sacrifice, personal. They gave unto him. It says in verse 18 that he received the things of, uh, from Epaphroditus, the things which were sent from you. So there was more than one thing. There were many things that the believers there in Philippi and Macedonia sent unto Paul. They were a blessing. And he recognized that they were a, a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. But look what he teaches in verse number 19. He says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The preacher said he doesn't say that he would supply all your greeds. He says, I'll supply all your need. All right? God can take care of whatever need you have. All right? What you need to do is start praying about it. 
Start talking to the Lord about it. I'll give you a great lesson the Lord gave me a number of years ago. We were a young, we were a young family. And uh, I, was, I was pastoring a church, uh, a small church, and, and trying to grow it. I was working a job. And uh, I was doing my best. What we was trying to do is we were trying to make sacrifices that I could serve more and more in ministry and less in construction. And so I was turning down jobs and opportunities to build a business because my heart and desire was to minister and to serve my church in my community. And so we were doing different things. We sold my pickup truck. We cut our cable. I mean, we were, we were looking everywhere we could to cut costs. And Christy started that coupon and stuff, man. I mean, she was cutting coupons and finding deals, and she was doing everything she could to save money. At that time, we just had the four boys. Sawyer and Clay were very young at that time. And Christmas was coming, all right? And that particular year was the hardest for me. That was the hardest Christmas for me because we had so little financially to give. We just, we did not have it. And uh, that was the year where we made a lot of our Christmas gifts. Christy made these hand-painted signs. We gave, we gave uh, roasted pecans and different things. Our boys, their biggest gift and probably their most treasured gift, we went to Lowe's and got a refrigerator box and took it back home and we made, I cut it. I cut it and made a roof out of it, made a little chimney and a window and a door, and Christy painted that, and that was their little playhouse. And that thing lasted a couple of years. That was their big gift that Christmas. We just got a, tra- we got a trash box, all right? And that was their big thing. And that year, listen, the Lord, uh, we, we were trying to do the best we could for Christmas and still pay our bills and all that stuff, and we just refused to be in debt. We refused that. And so we were doing the best we could. And uh, it was Christmas time, and there was a young family that served, and uh, they were missionaries. And uh, they, they became good friends, and uh, they had a daughter that passed away. And uh, they, they were on, I won't get into that, they had a young daughter that passed away. And uh, I remember Christy had taken the kids somewhere, and I usually spent Saturday mornings prepping for Sunday. And so she'd usually go somewhere to her mama's or somewhere. And uh, that particular day, the Lord just impressed upon my heart to send some money to that missionary. And I argued with God. I argued. I said, Lord, I don't have the money. And uh, the Lord just impressed upon my heart, sent him $50. $50 wasn't much, but $50 was a lot to us at that time. And uh, we, uh, we just, I, just, I just argued with the Lord about it. I just, Lord, I don't have it. But he would not let it go. And finally, finally I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And I went in there, and I wrote the check, and I put it in an envelope. And no sooner than I did that, the phone rang. And it was my next-door neighbor. And my next-door neighbor came over, and she called, and she said, she said, Pastor Clemens, I just wanted to see if you were home. I said, yes, ma'am, I'm here. I'm here by myself. She says, okay, well, Paul will be right over. And so her husband came over, came up there, knocked on my door, and I met him at the door. And uh, he said, Pastor, he said, God has been awful good to us this year, and we just wanted to be a blessing to your family. And he gave me an envelope, had a card in it, 
And I told him, I said, thank you so much. I appreciate that. What a blessing it is. You know, I told him all the stuff, right? Thank you. Thank you for being a blessing. And uh, I went in there, and I opened that card, and there were $400 in it. $400 in it. That's exactly what I did, Miss Sarah. I praise the Lord is what I did. All right? I praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. God can meet your need. He can provide for it. He says it throughout Scripture, right? God can, he, he, looked, he looked at the, he realized that those people, they didn't come from a fluent, you know, a very fluent church with lots of money. They gave, they gave, and it was a sacrifice for them to give, okay? And he recognized that. And he says, I'm going to tell you something, people. I am full. God has blessed me. And I am abounding. God has been good to me. Thank you for your sacrifice. And he says, I'm going to tell you this. God is going to meet and he's going to supply your need. Because Paul said, because that's how big my God is. All right? So the question tonight as we enter into prayer time is how big is your God? How big is my God? Because our prayer life reflects how big we think God is. That's the truth. If we pray very little... That's because we don't really think God's that big. And if we, don't, if we don't ask sometimes for big things and we think, well, God's just not going to do that, well, let your request be known and let God decide whether he wants to do that or not, right? How, I mean, is God able to do the big things that we, that we want to request him to do? He can decide whether or not it's his will. Are you with me? Let God decide whether or not it's his will. Let God decide whether or not it's the right time doesn't need to stop you from asking for it okay just believe that he is a mighty big God if he can keep Mike if he can keep you eternally saved then he can take care of whatever it is you're facing all right and if you've got a big dream to do something big for God then God can do it if we ask him and you say well if he does do it how am I going to do it well God if God wants to do it he can give you the strength and the ability and the power to do it. Do you believe that? Now, that's, that's the, I'm preaching to myself as well here, all right? So the question tonight as we enter in our prayer time is how big is our God, okay? We're just going to ask him to do it. We want to ask him to give health in very difficult circumstances. If God decides not to do it, then, then so be it. That's God's will. But it doesn't need to stop me from asking for it. All right, because God can. He can if we ask him. All right, and so Paul just, and he just learned this. He says, I'm just going to be content here. Okay, if God chooses the answer, then so be it. If he doesn't, then so be it. He's going to get, he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain, right? If God wants to give him life, he can. If he chooses not to, what does Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say? God can deliver us from the fiery furnace. But if he decides not to, then so be it. Just let it be known, we're not going to deny God. All right? So let's break up tonight, and let's spend some time praying. Afterwards, afterwards we'll meet over here and have our business meeting. We'll talk business after all the praying is done. But I don't want 